0: If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called the Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long, and I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out too. Spring is here, and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. Hi, friend. You're listening to the Teas Made podcast, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm Megan Francis, a writer and a midlife mom of five living in Michigan. In this podcast, we'll talk about some of my favorite things like books, creativity, outdoor adventure, and of course, warm beverages. And I'll share practices that can help you infuse your home, work, and family life with a sense of intention, comfort, and connection. The tea's made, so settle in, get comfortable, and let's chat. Like me, different areas of your home have different effects on your mood, your energy, and maybe your creativity. In this episode, I am joined by Sarah Powers, my co-host at the Mom Hour podcast, and we're talking about some of our favorite creative spaces, what we love about them, and how they support a creative mindset. And as a follow-up, we are planning an episode for the Mom Hour that will come out next week. That's Tuesday, February 27th, That's all about our writerly lives and what being a writer looks like for each of us right now. Now, again, Sarah and I are both writers. And so in this episode today, we're talking a lot about the spaces where we do our writing and our podcast episode planning. And that's one kind of creativity. But this morning I was buzzing around my kitchen and thinking, wow, you know, for me, the kitchen is also a really creative space. And the pantry can be a creative space and really anywhere in my home that I give my attention in a creative way can be a creative space. So we're definitely not going to cover all the different kinds of creative spaces today, but it was really fun to think about creativity and how a space can best support that. Okay. Let's get to my conversation about creative spaces with Sarah Powers from the Mom Hour.
1: Hey, Sarah, how are you? I'm great, Megan. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm so excited about this. People love when we pop up elsewhere than the mom hour to talk to each other. So, okay. Before we get into the conversation about our creative spaces, let's talk a little bit about the beverages that fuel that creativity. Are you sipping anything right now?
1: I am actually, I am drinking an herbal tea or I learned from you it's an infusion technically it's the yogi tea it's elderberry lemon balm for immune and stress and I just picked it up I think at the grocery store I really like the flavor I don't I'm not particularly stressed or immune suppressed right now but I just it's like the because flavor. you're drinking yeah. that tea and I'm drinking it out of my hydro flask mug which not to be confused with like a travel tumbler this is like the hydro flask mug that looks like a coffee mug and it does have a lid. And I love it because it's a like a balance between keeping tea hot for a little while, but not like your story about how you got on the airplane like six hours later, your tea was still too hot to drink. Like yeah. there's no need for that when I'm being creative at home.
0: I think I might have that same, is it like a, like a real mug with a yes. handle? Mm-hmm. Like yes, it looks like I think a camp, camp have, mug.
1: Like camp, camp yeah. mug.
0: huh. Yes. I think I have one of those actually. I think it maybe Eric got it for me for my birthday a couple of years ago or something. And yeah, it's nice. It's like, it's very heavy duty and you can take it outside yeah. and things like that, but it doesn't keep your stuff ridiculously hot yeah. for a ridiculous amount of time. I'm so curious about this. I like Yogi as a tea brand a lot. Mm-hmm. I like their different infusions tisanes, whatever you want to call it. I'm trying not to be snobby about it. <laughs> I'm curious about the flavor because that one doesn't sound familiar. Is it kind of sweet and tart? Yeah,
1: it's very mild. I like elderberry as a general flavor profile. And then I think it the lemon keeps it. A little brighter, yeah. I mean, it's good. Yeah. I like it. It's mild. When I brew an herbal, I don't over steep it. So I yeah, you like it to be real light. Yeah, I just like I like the florals. I like because I am a coffee drinker. When I need my caffeine, so if I'm having herbal tea, it's more for like the aromatics and the warmth and holding a mug in my hand. I know we're, that's what we're talking about is like this kind of creative cozy feeling. That's what I want. So I don't need a a punch in the face of flavor. <laughs>
0: I like to be punched in the face of flavor, but that takes all sorts. Well, today I am drinking an oolong. Mm. I have to tell you, I am a little late. I mean, thousands of years late. (laughs) Turns out.
1: Millennia. Entire millennia.
0: To the oolong game. But I adore it. I, Mm. I never thought of myself as someone who liked green tea very much. And oolong tea is like a almost like a cross between black and green tea, Okay, the leaves are partially oxi- uh, so oxidized. So green and black teas come from the same plant, Okay, but a black tea is a fully oxidized version of that leaf. Okay. So it's like as processed, as processed as it can get. And green is less so. And this is kind of like a cross between the two. And I'm starting to think maybe I've only ever had crappy green tea in the past, which yeah. is very possible. Like in the you know, I haven't always been that concerned about where I was sourcing tea from. Right. And if you're just drinking it out of like, let's say the cheap tea bag that's like left at the bottom of the basket at the restaurant, you know, Uh that tea bag, like maybe I just haven't had very good green tea. This oolong, it's a milk oolong. So they are, that just refers to like varietal is the wrong word, but it doesn't have milk in it. It tastes creamy Mm. and it's, What I'm finding is so fascinating about drinking really good tea, which I've been doing lately, is the complexity of the flavors. It's just so different. And so I don't put anything in it because it just take away from it. It tastes so good on its own. And it's every sip. I'm like, oh, ah. So last week I took myself on a little date and I went to, uh, among other things, I went for a hike and I went to an antique store, but I took myself to a tea house near, kind of nearby where I live that I've been to before. They do an afternoon tea that's really fun. But I just took myself there alone and sat up at the bar like at the counter mm-hmm. and got a couple pots of tea and had lunch. And this was one of the ones I had. And I was like, I just couldn't stop exclaiming, you know, like, yeah. ooh, oh, oh, long, <laughs> you know. So um, they they don't mind that when you're in a place that takes tea that seriously. So I bought some of that tea and took it home. And I don't know where they sourced it from. The place I went to is Apotheca Teas but they don't blend their own teas. So it came from elsewhere. And I bet if I Googled like what's on the package, I could probably find it directly. But I like supporting this. Yeah. This local tea house. Like um, and I'm drinking mine out of a really fun mug that I actually bought right before Eric proposed. So we were out like walking mm-hmm. around where I'm recording this right now from Manistique, which is where our bookstore is. Mm-hmm. And I'm there on official bookstore <laughs> business or just hanging out with Eric. And I keep a mug here. but. Eric and I had gone out that day to find me a good mug to keep here right. at, at our spot here. And I bought this one that looks very, it has a very like late 70s, early 80s vibe when everyone was into having plants everywhere. And there was a lot of like terracotta
1: Yep, I know orange exactly. planters. Yep. It's mm-hmm. like a
0: scene that looks, I'll take a picture of it because I just love the graphic on it. And anyway, I bought it. And then he and I went for a walk and then he proposed. So I think I might have been holding the bag in my hand. It's possible. I don't remember if I put it down or not. So it will always remind me of that day. I love it. Well, today we're going to talk about the spaces where we do the most creating. And for both of us right now, we're doing a lot of writing. So we have a companion episode coming out on the Mom Hour this coming Tuesday. So definitely look for that. But we'll be talking more about the practice of writing and like Mm -hmm. what our writing lives look like in that episode. And today we're just going to talk about creative spaces where you could do anything. You could do anything in your creative spaces. We just happen to be doing a lot of writing in hours. And I want to start, Sarah, by asking you about your T-Nook. I personally think that creating spaces that fuel creativity is like a part of the process Mm -hmm. of being creative. Agreed. And I know that you just put a lot of effort and thought because you and I talked through it quite a lot.
1: Yeah, you were my remote consultant.
0: Yes, I was. And you created a cozy little tea nook in your house. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah. And I would say that creating a space is in itself a creative act. So it's like you're being creative with space and then maybe that space helps fuels more creativity. So I did this before the Christmas holiday and we have this big bonus room. It's like a converted garage and it has a full like kitchenette wet bar. So not a stove range or anything, but it has a mini fridge. It has a sink and it has kind of an L shaped counter with some cabinets, but it is not in our kitchen. It's in a room off the kitchen. And just because at Christmas time, I'm generally kind of, I guess, revisiting surfaces and Putting out decorations, and I have an electric kettle that I bought when you visited me. But I don't keep it out all the time because we're coffee drinkers primarily, and we have the coffee pot in the kitchen. But Violet, my youngest, who's 11, was 10 when this happened. She she loves her cocoa, and she actually loves tea as well. And I thought, well, maybe I'll just set the kettle out because it's going to be winter, and then I've got some de- like Christmas decorations. So maybe I'll have the kettle. And it started very small, right? Like, oh, I could put some twinkle lights and put the kettle out and move my tea box from the kitchen into that room. And then I was like, <laughs> I yeah, think, or I like, what else could I do? And I spent a couple of days just reclaiming this counter space. And I had Christmas light. I had colored Christmas lights. I had, of course, the, the kettle, the electric kettle. And then you helped me like, how do I display tea so that it's not just like a jumble? I had I had the tea on like this Christmas plate. And then I, and I was like, that looks messy. And you actually like, you helped me. You're like, I think it needs to be laid out more like flat. Otherwise it'll look too cluttered. So yeah. I just went through this whole, like very, it felt so indulgent because who like ultimately who cares, right? Like you just boil water and you add tea, but something about putting so much like love and care into this little corner. And then I wondered, will we really use it? Like, will we really walk into the next room Put the water on and choose a tea. And I had I had a honey pot. I had you told me to get sugar cubes. That was so fun. And my oldest, who's 15, just mainlines sugar cubes, like walks through that room and just like pops grab grabs a couple yeah, of uh-huh. cube. <laughs> so I wondered like, was all of this just an exercise in creativity for me, or will it actually function? Will we actually use it? I put half and half in the little fridge there. And I'm happy to report that we used it so much during the holiday season that when it was time to put Christmas decorations away, I'm like, well, I'm just gonna. Leave it up. It's winter. We have a, a you know a chilly California winter going, and I put up some Valentine decorations a couple of weeks ago because I already had them. Um, so yeah, that is the T Nook. It also can serve as cocoa. Violet got a milk frother for her birthday, so it's like a whole warm beverage station now. Um, and it's been so fun. I, do, I don't think I'll want to get rid of it, but maybe it will convert into also like a cold beverage station when I the was weather gets warm. there's
0: so much, po- uh, there's so much yeah. potential here. We have here. that sparkle um, too. There's, that's what I was yeah. going to say. The sparkle could go yep. there. That's like a bubbly, you know, bubbly yep. water maker. And if you had, you wouldn't do this all the time probably, but if you had events or whatever, you could have like fruit out to make little yeah. sparkling drinks mm-hmm. and things like and that. And with the fridge
1: there, like the, I really yeah. could have things that are kept in the fridge, but just brought out. And yeah, it's, I think when I was talking to you about it, there's so many pretty accessories and accoutrement that go along with drinking tea. And I am I am a coffee drinker, but I'm a pretty boring coffee drinker. Like I either have it black or a little bit of oat milk. So tea just lends itself to a little more like excess in a fun way. And it was so fun to like, I, I found trays and dishes and things from my house that aren't being used and and finding a new use for them. That felt like creativity too.
0: Well, this is making me very jealous, Sarah, because I, up until moving into my home that I currently live in with my husband, had really made a point for like at least the last seven, eight, nine years of having a dedicated like beverage area mm-hmm. where I would have all of my beveragey stuff, especially my teas. And now I have more teas than ever and more things like accoutrement, like you mm-hmm. said, that um lend themselves to specifically to the practice of drinking tea and making tea. And I don't really have a great setup. Like I have enough room, but it's just kind of in a kitchen cabinet. And it's sort of just on the counter with all the other more prosaic yeah. kitchen stuff. That's not as fun. So I really feel like I need to somehow set up a pretty space where I can have my teapots out and my my tea pretties. You yeah. know, and it's just I haven't figured out quite how or where to put that yet, but that is a it is a priority for me in settling into this new space. And I think for me part of where I get hung up is I always want the place to also function as like the place you prepare the tea. And sometimes it's just not really that right. uh, practical because sometimes the place I would put all the stuff isn't also the place I'd keep the hot water, for yeah. example. Yeah. So I might need to be a little more flexible with yeah. how I think about it. But definitely that is very inspiring. I'm I'm glad you're keeping it up and thinking about ways to expand on it in the future. Now, one thing you mentioned when we were talking about this episode that I think is really interesting is that for you sometimes like setting up a space, whether it's the tea nook or like the place where you're going to write can actually be a procrastination technique Mm -hmm. that keeps you from doing the thing. So tell me more about that.
1: Well, I mean, can any creative people relate to like needing the, counters to be wiped and the dishwasher to be unloaded and like kind of like the the room needs to somehow be perfect before I can sit down to do the work. And I feel like hopefully I'm not alone in that. It's like it's easy to procrastinate doing creative work, especially if the creative work is a little scary or a little daunting or you're on a deadline and filling that with, you know, like tasky type stuff. But or even
0: other creative stuff or feels mm -hmm. like you're being creative because you're setting up a space, but you're not doing the creative thing you meant to do.
1: That's right. So there's that yeah. part of procrastination, which is just like, oh, I'm just going to load the dishwasher one more time, or I'm just going to return this phone call. And then I'll sit down. There's that part of it. But there's also, I think this fantasy of a romantic writing nook like that we have where it's like, oh, if I just had that chair or that desk or that view out the window, then I would do so much writing. I remember like a couple years ago, we've lived in this house three and a half years now, but a couple years ago, I have an office with a desk that faces a window and I just got this idea that I wanted a bird feeder out there and a couple other things. It's kind of a side yard. There's not much happening there. And uh, that was what the kids gave me for my birthday is they put up a bird feeder. I mean, in my mind, it was like once the bird feeder is there, then I'm going to sit and do the real deep creative work. So I guess for me, I'm just <laughs> the bird aware. Feeder is all Exactly. That's the, bird exactly. Feeder. That's the yeah. final missing piece. So while I love putting time and intention into a cozy space for creativity or for work, I have noticed that I can live in the fallacy that when the space is perfect, the words will flow. And I just think it's good for me to remember that I can also just sit down, crack a laptop on a sticky kitchen counter and do the work. That is also an option.
0: And that can also be a regular space that you show up to again and again, even if it's just convenient it doesn't even have to be like cozy or special in any way all right well let's each share a couple of spaces where we are finding ourselves being creative right now and I'll start with my go-to at this moment and that is literally just a corner of my sofa that I claimed when my now husband and I were early dating I just kind of scoped out what was then his living room and was like Mm -hmm. that's my spot Mm -hmm. I like that spot and it's where, it's a sectional, so it's at one of the corner ends where there's like a leg, you know, Yeah, you gotta spot. have
1: the chaise. You down. gotta have the yeah. leg
0: spot, the chaise. And it's closest to the huge windows that overlook the property, which is great because I see deer and turkey out there. It's great. I could just look out the window at any point and see trees. I mean, I just see a lot of like nature happening, which mm-hmm. can be a little distracting, but it's usually not so much happening out there that I get distracted. It's just like a momentary... Ah, like the sun's coming up. Oh, um, I'm also next to an end table or a side table. Very important. I need a place to put my tea and I need a place to put my lip balm and I need a place to put my stack of books and a pen and a notebook and mm-hmm. whatever other things are towering next to me, right? And then I these days am often snuggled under the world's coziest blanket that you got me and and technically for Eric, too, for our wedding, but it's mine. It is like snuggling with a stuffed animal, like a bear.
1: (laughs) Yes. You have one too, right? I, yes. And I keep talking because I have an update on the blanket situation, but yes, I do have one.
0: Okay. Well, it is truly like if you skinned a stuffed animal, because there's no death involved in this blanket, that's what it feels like. It's like, it's got fur, like legitimate fur. Yes. And it's so soft and so comfy. And in the morning when I come out, that's like the, I just gravitate right to it. because it's, it's almost like getting back in bed. Only I'm Mm -hmm. sitting up and awake. There's really soft lighting there. We have a lamp that Eric made with one of those little, what do you call them? Like an Edison bulb. So it's not too bright. Yes, And then, yeah. yeah. And then the kids got me a salt lamp for Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like one of those little pyramid shaped salt lamps. So that's there. I just love sitting there too much. The only problem is it's right in the middle of the house and it's like a open concept style kitchen into living room. So if there's, anybody else in the house, even just like being alive. They don't even have to be actively talking to me, breathing, walking around, whatever. It's just hard to use it for that purpose. So I have eight to 9 a.m. every morning set aside for just my personal writing. No deadlines encroach on that. And I tend to do that sitting in that spot. And then I'll stay there if it makes sense to stay there. But sometimes I have to move on. Okay, Sarah, so tell us about one of the spaces where you are creative.
1: Okay, well, I find this so funny because I'm going to talk about sitting in bed, which I'm actually doing right now because we also record the podcast. I also record podcasts from bed, but other creative work like writing, like journaling, I have become a bed work in bed person. And this is due to your influence, Megan, because years and years and years ago, when we first partnered up, you were always working in bed and I was never working in bed and now I almost always am. So here's my cozy bed space and I will circle back to this blanket discussion because I have a new one. I have two of those blankets essentially (laughs) that you have one of. So I have a big king size bed and a nightstand to the right of me. And I have a lamp with a little pull. you know, like where you just have to pull and it turns on something about the ease of putting a lamp on just by pulling on and off. That is delightful. And it feels
0: almost like kind of old fashioned somehow. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And there's I, it's a, such a small thing. But when you have to like root around in the cord for that little clicker or like reach your hand up underneath. So I love having a simple like pull down on a chain for a little lamp light. The the lighting overhead in this room is like canned ceiling lights. It's very uninspired. So I love having lamp light. I love having a freshly made bed and then sitting on it with a pillow right behind me. So I sit up pretty upright when I work in bed. I have a lap desk that I use when I record a podcast and I don't generally use the lap desk when I write, but I could. So I I like having that kind of like that counteracts the feeling of being in bed, which makes you think of being sleepy or like curled up. But I'm actually pretty alert and upright when I work in bed. So here's the blanket situation. The one that I gave you is from Pottery Barn and it is incredible. It's like, like you said, everything you said about it. And then for Christmas, so I got that for Christmas as a gift last year, this year for Christmas, one of Brian's like work call, like a, like a partner company that he works with, gave him one of those gifts where you can choose something from a catalog. Have you ever gotten one of those? It's like, essentially it's kind of like a gift card, but it's like, you know, scan this code and you'll be given a choice of like six things. It's like done a lot in corporate gifting and things like that. But so then you kind of have a menu. So Brian didn't tell me what the other things were, but he chose. It's a very, very similar blanket. It's a different color. And it's from Quince, which is a company we've worked with before. And so I have the Pottery Barn one is out in my family room. But the new one from Quince, which I mean, it's it's essentially kind of the same blanket.
0: Well, that's what they do. Like, yeah. it's just factory direct. So yeah. it's, it's often the favorite, whatever the favorite thing is, yes. people love elsewhere. They get it cheaper. Yes, exactly.
1: Yes. So yeah. this one is sits on my bed. And so now the last couple of months, it's oh. even better to get in my bed I don't know that I'd ever leave area. my bed I know I had that in there. It is wow. so nice. Yeah, let's see. I think that's that's about it about this cozy, creative space. I do have a window. The window, I'm not looking at it when I'm working it's like to my left, but I do sometimes see some, some nature. I can see some people walking their dogs by the street cause it's the front of the house. And yeah, I've, you converted me over slowly yeah. over years to a, like a nearly full-time bed worker.
0: Well, I was for a very, very long time. Bed was my primary office. It started when my kids were really little because they would often just be like camped out next to me playing on the bed or, you know, crawling around the bed or i They'd be napping next to me. Like there was a lot of logistical reasons that right. worked very well for me for a long time. And then I got kind of used to it. And for podcasting, the acoustics in bed are very good. So there was a really good reason to keep doing it. Yep. I have a question for you. And then I'm going to talk about my second creative space. When you are primarily using your bed to write in, do you keep your writing stuff? And for you, that might be a notebook, that might be a journal, that might be your computer, whatever it is. Do you keep that all in your bedroom near your bed? Or do you like put it in the office and go get it.
1: I often have to go gather my things when I sit down to write. So I have like a notebook that serves like an all purpose notebook. And then I often want my AirPods. Sometimes I'm popping something in to listen to or even like just focus music, white noise. So it's like I have to go collect my things, which would be my laptop, a notebook, a pen, my AirPods and maybe, well, probably my phone is near me. So I don't have, I I sometimes aspire to have a little basket, you know, that would be cool to kind of like a caddy to carry around, but no, they're stored in other rooms and they might even just be stored where I left them last. And I would have to go collect them and bring them. Well,
0: I actually think that's very smart because what it does is it takes you away from that space that you might've been using for sleeping, lounging, whatever else you do in your bed. And then you, have to re-enter the space in a different mode.
1: Yeah. And I fully make my bed. Like my bed is is very made. There's definitely like a separation from sleep and sitting down to be creative in my bed. And often it's sometimes I do get right back in with my first cup of coffee in the morning, but often the most creative cozy time in this bed would be even a few hours after I woke up. So I definitely have that separation.
0: Yeah. I used to keep my computer and things like that, like on a you know, next to my bed on a little shelf or, you know, like a little bedside table that had instead of a drawer, it had like another, like another (laughs) shelf below. And (laughs) I at one point would just like roll over, grab it, sit back up and I wouldn't even be all the way sitting up. Yeah. I would just be like slouched and it wasn't good. So I, I like now leaving stuff plugged in in a different room and going and gathering it when I work in bed. Yeah. But for my second creative space, I'm not going to talk about my bed. And there's a reason for that. And it's called my back. I have had a lot of back issues lately and I'm beginning to put two and two together that it's not that the position is really hard, any harder on my back than any other position, but I think it's not helping me with any core strength or stability. There's just something about the lounging and slouching and actually my chiropractor told me that my I'm quite naturally flexible and my hamstrings are already really flexible and I actually think this semi-lounging position is continuing to help lengthen my hamstrings unnecessarily. Oh yeah. Whilst doing literally nothing for yeah. the front of my body. So I just need to be thinking more about little ways to work on my core strength and the front of my body becoming stronger and This ain't doing it. This position's not helping, which I'm in right, literally right now. But podcasting in bed is still my preferred. So for writing time, I'm just trying to make a like make it more of a habit to sit up at a proper desk Mm -hmm. with a proper chair, and especially with writing, when sometimes one of the challenges with writing in a bed situation for long periods of time is like your arms are kind of resting a little weird. You know, there's challenges. So I have a beautiful office space that typically I have not used a lot for creative writing, but I think the space deserves more than I've been giving it. Like I use it for Zooms. I use it when I do any video, which I don't do a lot of these days, but I used to do a lot of Instagram video, Mm -hmm. occasionally podcast recording, other thinky creative work, but it's not the first place of that. I think of when I'm like, I just want to sit and write. I actually used to think that I couldn't write unless my legs were like stretched out in front of me.
1: (laughs) That's kind of, I think that's what I've turned into. Like I didn't used to think that, but I think that now. (laughs) The blood goes to your brain
0: instead of your legs or something. I know, I get it. But there's like a different energy about sitting up at a desk to write um, than lounging on the sofa. And for me, especially because I'm like now trying to get a lot of writing done. I'm trying to be a very prolific writer. I need both kinds of writing energy, right? And so it's more habit than anything that I never use it for that. And my office is also like, not at my house. I have to drive 90 seconds to it. It's right. at my old house, which is now a rental. We have a shop building there that Eric's business runs out of. And I have a really nice office space. It's beautiful. So I'm just trying to like put in the effort to create that habit around going there. Cause I think it's going to pay off mm-hmm. in the end, but I'm trying to get there. So I will post pictures of the space, but it's this really brightly lit room. There's built-in shelving that Eric built for me. He put in a paneled wood ceiling, very natural. Like all the wood mm-hmm. is like really, it's just glazed. It's not not stained. Uh, and there's lots of light. And then when, when I'm sitting looking out, there's like a big front yard. Now there's also a busy road, but if you're on the other side of the road, there's woods. And during the winter and spring, when the trees are a little more bare, you can see this dune system off really clearly in the distance, which is really pretty. Mm this summer, the chickens are rolling around out front. I have yeah. some ideas for landscaping. So yeah, it's a great spot to to sit and work. I just haven't been as much as I would like to, but it's part of my, like, you can check in with me. You could be my yeah, accountability TBD. person. Yeah. Do,
1: you think, do you think you choose a different space to work in depending on, like I'm picturing two types of creativity. One is I'm into a project. I want to get a lot done on it. I want momentum. I want production. And the other is I have no idea what this project is about. I need space to like think and dream. Do you find like I know we already talked about like if your legs are stretched out, you can write. And if there's like these other (laughs) rules we make. But do you find yourself gravitating to different types of space depending on what you hope to get out of a session? One
0: hundred percent. And I I will say what I think has been happening is me not wanting to get in the car and drive the 90 seconds to my office has meant that I'm trying to make my writerly sofa space mm-hmm. do more than it really right. can do. Yeah. It's great for that cozy, dreamy. I just need to think this through. I just need to like ruminate on this idea. I'm just going to stare out the window a whole bunch. It's great for that. It's not as good for like the sitting up, Yep, you know, and just cranking it out. I, a desk. And a chair, a proper chair are better for that. For me. Yeah. And so I'm trying to lean in. I ended up actually going to the kitchen table a lot to do mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. which is also fine. Yeah. But I have an office. Why wouldn't I use it? Okay friends, you have already heard me talk about my new Uptown Loafers from our sponsor, Vionic. I love these versatile, classic, and comfy slip-on shoes, and the Uptown Loafer is part of the Vionic Vitals collection, which is what I want to tell you about today. Vionic Vitals contains some of Vionic's most versatile daily styles, so if you've been curious about Vionic but are overwhelmed by all the choices, start with the Vitals collection first. The Willow Flat was my very first Vionic style, and I have been in love with it for years. I'm also eyeballing the Chardonnay Heeled Sandal for summer date nights. Like all of Vionic's footwear, the shoes in the Vionic Vitals line are super comfortable, stable, and supportive with Vionic's exclusive VioMotion technology. Go to VionicShoes.com slash Vitals to find the Vitals collection and use the code TEASMADE at checkout for 15% off your entire order, plus free shipping when you log into your account. That code is good for a one-time use only, so be sure to make the most of it. That's TEASMADE, T-E-A-S-M-A-D-E, for 15% off your entire order at VionicShoes.com. Okay, Sarah, so what other creative spaces do you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to like very briefly touch on two, because what I wanted to, I guess, explore was this idea that for me, sometimes the most creative work comes when I completely change my environment. So while my bed is an old reliable source of, you know, I I know what's going to happen if I set up my little station and put myself to bed with under my cozy blanket but sometimes what my creativity needs is like novelty. And so I'll just describe two places in my house that I don't normally go, but it works really well if I need to change it up. So one is in our, we have a formal living room, I guess like a sitting room, and it faces the front of the house with a big bay window with a window seat. I have never actually gotten creative sitting in the window seat, although that would be amazing. There's just like, there's oh no gosh, way to with sit. Oh gosh, your legs
0: tucked up under you? Yeah. And like...
1: You could read... So, one of the problems is there are screens on the two side panels. So, if you lean up against it, you're literally yeah. leaning on a window. Like, there's nothing to lean against. So, yeah. anyway.
0: Well, I really wanted that to work. For I know. You, Sarah. Little the violet curls that are in the
1: book. I know. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. in that same room, looking out through the bay window, we have like a set of two armchairs and a little ottoman. And there's a little table for your mug. And I. I don't sit in that room very often, but when I do, I feel very inspired. It's a really pretty room and has really pretty natural light. I'm, I still love the way I've decorated it. So that can be a little creative trick or game I play with myself. Is if I, if I if I need to get out of a rut, I will go sit in that room to do the work. Now it's not the most comfortable, like there's no desk, there's no lap desk. Like it's definitely sitting like in an armchair with a laptop on the lap, but it's a very, it's very visually inspiring, I guess.
0: Well, I really want to quickly point out that, you know, you and I are talking about the places that we're doing our writerly work, but not writing doesn't always look like writing. It doesn't always look like cranking away on a keyboard. So there's a really a place for those places that just inspire you or just beauty, beasts, like all of those are really important to the overall process, even if they don't look productive.
1: Totally. I agree. And the the pets, the cats like to hang out in that room. It's like, it's just a room that you're like, I feel like, oh my gosh, I love this house. Like I love that. It's a room that doesn't get messed up very much because it's a room we walk by, but not through. So it doesn't have as much kid junk in it. So yeah, it's lovely. And then the other one I tried just recently was in our in our bonus room, which is completely filled with kids stuff all the time. That's the room where the tea the tea nook is. And it's a big multi purpose room. The kids do art in there. They play video games in there. It's sort of like if if you lived in a land of basements, it's like what your basement would serve as only ours is yeah. above ground. But it does have a, a table that I bought a secondhand table over by a big window. And it's right at the window. And the window has an orange tree right outside. And Um, We have water in the creek right now. So it's so much nature. And just the other day, I took my laptop into that room and I was like, I have never sat in this chair looking at this window to write before. And that was a really good, like, again, like a little exercise in mixing it up just to see what would happen to the creativity.
0: You know what I think I need to do before my book is due? I need to come stay in that room yes. and have a little mini writer like writer's retreat in yes, that spot. We because won't bother you. I've looked out that window many times and I agree. It's a great view. And what if I came and just like you and I hung out in the evening, but I just wrote during yeah, the day? and
1: I'm I could be a very I could help hold boundaries. I'd be like, Nope, get out like don't come into the kitchen. You stay in that room and write. I'll be <laughs> like, like, I made that tea station just for yes, you. You have no excuses. I'll be like, You're lovingly encouraging, but also strict deadline. No nonsense. Yeah. Deadline. I'm not going to oh. tempt you until like five o'clock and then I'll tempt you with a glass that's, of wine. That's fine.
0: I will. I will gladly accept it. I'll need to be broken away at that point. And then I can come out and complain about, oh, this was so hard and I didn't get this done. All right. Well, this is like on my list of plans for the spring because yes. I love this idea. And I loved hearing about your cozy spaces today. cannot wait to see that tea station yeah. at a future visit. And this has been really fun, Sarah. The episode of The Mom Hour, where we talk about our writing lives, again, that comes out really soon. This coming Tuesday, that is the 27th of February, if you're just catching up a little later. And we will talk to you again then. That's all for this episode of The Teas Made. You can find links to the products and other things we talked about today in the show notes for this episode. You can find that by scrolling down below the episode in your podcast app, or you can go to theteasemade.com and find all the episodes plus resources, links to my favorite teas and books and other products, and so much more. I share new episodes every Thursday, so please follow or subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And while you're in your podcast app, I would love if you'd leave a rating or review. It really helps me out so much. Okay, friends, that's all for now. I will talk to you again very soon. If you're enjoying the Teas Made podcast, I would love for you to check out my blog, which is also called the Teas Made. We're doing something called the So Slow Book Club, where I'm writing about the same book all year long, and I'm writing regular essays on everything from sending kids to college to why and what I'm loving creating in the kitchen these days. When you subscribe for free, you'll get my posts in your email inbox, or you can jump in on the conversation over at my page. I also have some optional goodies for paid subscribers that you're going to want to check out, too. Spring is here, and I have a long list of topics I'm planning to cover. Everything from updated skincare recommendations to some recipes for fun spring-themed beverages. Come join the conversation about connection and creativity at theteasmade.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's
1: T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.
0: When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons.